Hey guys, what's up? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I'm back from my little week away. I hope you missed me. If you're on Patreon, you wouldn't have because I still did an episode on there. But if you're not, uh, I'm back. So hello. I was going to have a guest on this week. And then I thought, you know what? Let me just like catch up with everyone, do a solo and get everything out of my system that I need to. And then hopefully I'll have someone on fun next week. Although I feel like when I say that, like when I think, oh yeah, I'm going to have a really good guest, then it falls through. So maybe I won't. Um, Anyway, I want to catch up with you guys. And I know that I said that I wasn't going to share my personal life on the main pod anymore for reasons that you all understand. But something happened today. and I just like need to vent. I'm just over it. So I did night shift at work last night. And then when I woke up, this I don't know why that's relevant, why I even started with that. That's completely has nothing to do with anything. But anyway, basically when I woke up, uh, I went out to get like a late breakfast slash early lunch with my mom at this cafe that we really like. And then I was like, let me just go out, get lunch and then come back home and work on the pod for the day, which I had to do. And uh, we went out I got the knocky. It was really nice. And then the phone rings and then we find out that back home, a water pipe had burst. I don't understand. I don't understand how like plumbing stuff works, but like a pipe burst because we had this freak, freak like downpour here in Australia um, for like two days, two or three days straight. And I know that in Melbourne, like a roof of a uh, shopping center collapsed and flooded everywhere and stuff. So we had some freak weather thing. I don't know, climate change, whatever. Don't look up Leonardo DiCaprio. And then they're like, okay, we need to get a plumber in to fix it. And my mom said, yeah, we're going to like turn the water off until the plumber comes. And I'm like, you can't turn the fucking water off. Like, what, I can't access anything, like, I need to shower, I need to go to the bathroom, I need to drink water so I don't, like, get dehydrated and fucking die, like, I need access to water, and it was, it was Sunday that this happened, and she goes, yeah, the plumber will probably come tomorrow on Monday, I'm like, I can't wait, like, 24 hours without access to water for a plumber to come, and she's like, well, it'll be cheaper on the Monday, I'm like, I don't care if it's cheaper on the Monday. Like, get the plumber in now. I'll just pay the di- – I'll pay whatever the difference is to get them on the Sunday. Just get the fucking plumber here. And then she's like, all right, I'll try and work it out. And she left me in town to go shopping. Not that I didn't really – I didn't do anything. I have one friend here. My friend was away, so I just, like, wandered around. I'm actually – I'm getting tongue-tied. I have a story about shopping, actually. So annoying. I'll tell you that in a second. But anyway, I went shopping, window shopping, whatever. Basically, I did nothing. I wandered around with a, um ice latte so I wouldn't have to wear my mask because you don't have to if you're, like, drinking a beverage. So um, then she comes to pick me up after I've been, like, you know, out and about alone doing nothing for, you know, an hour or two, killing time. That's my life now. And... Uh, she comes to Joe's, yeah, the, the plumber's coming tomorrow on the Monday. I'm like, you cannot be serious. And she's like, what, you can't go 24 hours without water? Like, you can't go until tomorrow without water? And I said, no. And I'm like, um, I need to shower. And she's like, didn't you shower this morning? I'm like, yeah, I did, but it's the middle of summer. And I was just, like, walking around town all day. I want to shower again so I don't stink and I'm not 
disgusting. I actually forgot my do de- I actually forgot my deodorant when I went out today and then I went to the supermarket and I bought some and then I just like put it on the middle of the shopping center and I'm like, wow, I'm really back home. Like I'm back to my white trash like country roots here, just like putting on deodorant in public like a bogan. But um that's about as far as it goes. Like I can't go without showers. Um I need water. And I said to mom like, yeah, I need to shower and I'm like, I need to go to the toilet as well. And she's like, well, there'll be like one flush left in the tank because the tank of the toilets would have already filled up before we shut the water off. And I'm like, one, I don't tr- like, I'm like, I'm not risking it, you know, like I need, well, I need access to like, I may need multiple flushes. Okay. Not like, I'm not going to bank on one flush for like 24 hours. And she's like, don't you believe me that like the toilet will work? And I'm like, well, actually I don't because you're probably lying and you probably are just trying to like calm me down about the water situation. So you're lying saying that there'll be a flush there and then I'll get home and there won't be a flush. And I'm like, also, this is disgusting. Like, how can we live without a working toilet overnight? Like, that's just crazy. So I said, I'm getting a fucking hotel. And she's like, you're not getting a hotel. You're not like wasting money on a hotel. And I said, "Uh, yes, I am. Like, I need access to water. Like, I cannot live like this. Like, this is insane. Uh, And then we kind of had this fight because she's like, don't waste money on the hotel. And I'm like, well, I actually haven't been ordering food all week. So basically the money that I saved not ordering food all week is like going to a hotel. So I basically I had to book a hotel just to go to the fucking bathroom and have a shower. And she was also like, she's like, well, I can just take you to a public toilet. I'm like, I'm not taking a dump in a fucking public toilet. Like I would rather bleed all of my savings dry and go into debt before I did that. Like I need just like my own privacy, like my own space. I want to take a shower. I need the whole thing. So I booked a hotel like, and I'm back home now because I've already like, I've already been there. And oh my God, by the way, signing into that fucking hotel, I can't because I was also telling myself, I'm like, look, I'll book this hotel and then I'll just, just for one night and then I'll make use of it. I'll have my one friend here in Aubrey come over and we'll use the pool because it's really hot and they have this like pool set. I mean, it wasn't a fancy hotel. It was like a fucking basic one, but they do have like a nice pool set up there. So I'm like, I'll do that and I'll enjoy that. And then of course, when I go there first, the, the woman, the, the cashier, whatever you call them, the fucking hotel assistant, I don't know, the one that's like processing. She's like, you know, can I see your ID? Can I see the card that you used to book it? And I'm like, I booked this through booking.com on my phone. Like I use Apple, like I don't carry like ID and cards around. Like I just use Apple Pay. Like I use my iPhone. She's like, well, I need ID for you to be able to sign in. And I'm like, here's my fucking, like, here's my Apple wallet or whatever. Like, here's my bank account. Like, is that enough? And she's like, no, you need photo ID. And then I basically explain, I'm like, well, I don't have it. And then she's like, okay, well, I need to take like, you know, $200 deposit from you. And then you can get it back tomorrow when you check out. I'm like, fine. And then she says, oh, um, by the way, you can't, because she goes, how many people are in the room? Like two. And I said, no, just me. And she said, oh, well, you can't have visitors. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah, um, because of COVID. And not only am I banned from having visitors there, I have to wear like a fucking child. I had to wear this bright fluoro green bracelet um, like that you'd wear to like a music festival or something, but it was fluoro green 
I have to wear that for the duration of my stay at the motel just so they know that I'm, like, registered and I'm allowed there. I'm not, like, bringing in an outside person because of the fucking COVID rules. Oh, she also made me check in on the QR code. Like, I walked into, like check into the hotel and then like I'm just sort of because everyone's kind of ignoring the QR codes now you're supposed to like QR code into like every single store that you go into and like no one does it anymore and then she's like um oh I'll serve you after you check in and like tapped on the QR code and I'm like you're you're a fucking joke um so anyway I went there and now I'm back home and sweating and actually the aircon is not working because I think aircon's like they need water because doesn't don't they make like cool water in the aircon and then it blows out the cold. That's how the why the air's cold. So whatever the aircon's not working. Also, when I went out shopping, right, one thing that I bought was um, I bought a ring light because they had them on. So I went to this stupid store that I've never been into before. Actually, first I went into Cotton On because I had to buy a cloth mask because they're ramping up all of the restrictions and everything again. So I brought some like black cloth masks. I wouldn't have to wear the ugly medical ones because I need to have a mask everywhere again now. And uh, then I went to this other store and they had like these phone ring light things and they were like 50% off in the bargain being really cheap. And I'm like, oh, great. Let me just pick one of these up because friend of the pod Dan Allegretto he filmed a video for his Patreon I'm like oh that's a good idea I should film a video for my Patreon so I'm like this ring light will be perfect for that um and then I get the fucking ring light and I go up to pay for it and this girl behind the counter I thought I was in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm because at first she's like um, do you want the regular bag or one of our cloth bags for like $10? And then like I looked at the cloth because they always try to upsell you a bag now, which is so fucking annoying. It's like dude, if I want to fucking buy a bag, like I'll just buy it. Like I don't have any problem spending 5 or $10 on a bag, but just like let me ask for it. Like stop shoving the bag in my face. And I looked at the bags and they all had ugly does like they were just hideous and I said um no I'll just use the regular bag and she's like well that's 20 cents I'm like it's fine um and then she goes all right and I'll get your email now and I thought oh fuck like she's putting me on some fucking mailing list and then I get started giving her like a fake email because my personal email has like a number two at the end of it so I just said it without saying the two and then she like typed it in then she's like oh um you know you're not uh, on our system. And then I'm like, yeah, I never shopped here before. And then she saw the other bag in my head from the place next door where I bought the cloth mask from. And she's like, oh, it's all connected. I'm like, yeah, I'm not on their rewards program either. And I'm like, I don't want to be. And then she's like trying to upsell me to the rewards program. And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, you'll get $10. Like she wouldn't take no for an answer. So anyway, I'm with this bitch at the store and she's trying to upsell me to the stupid like rewards program. And I'm like, I don't want it. Like, I'm not signed up to the one next door. I don't want yours. Like, I just want to get my ring light. Then she asked me to, goes, oh, do you want to donate to our charity? And I'm like, sure. Um, yeah, add, I just said, sure, add $5 because I'm just, like, wanting to shut her up and, like, get out of there with the fucking ring light. So I'm like, add $5, which normally I wouldn't give $5 to some charity because, like, I know these charities are a scam anyway, but I'm just like, please shut up. So I just said, yes, $5. 
And then I guess she can't put $5 in because she goes, oh, no, you actually have to buy one of our, um, either the cloth bag, the one that I originally rejected, or she listed, like, other items. And, like, one of them was, like, mints. And then I'm like, what? Like, these? And she's like, oh, yeah, these mints are amazing, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, like, whatever, I'll get these mints. Then um, she asked me again about the rewards program. Then she tells me how buying the mints are going to help some, like, child in Africa or, like, Rwanda or something. So I literally got asked, like, I think, like, five different stages before I could walk out with this ring light. It was like, do you want to buy the bag? No. What is your email? Are you signing up to the rewards program? Um, You have to donate to the charity. No, you can't just give them money. You actually have to buy one of our charity approved items, you know, the mints, then asking me again to go to the rewards program. And I even said to her at the end, I I said, I don't shop in retail. I go, I buy everything online. Like, and she goes, oh, our stores are online. Then she started listing off like the fucking URLs for the stores. And I actually wanted to snap at her. But she was, I think she was like a teenage girl and I'm like, oh, is this mean? Like she was probably has to say this to keep her job because I've worked in like call centers and stuff and they give you these like ridiculous lists of things that you have to say. And then if you get caught not saying it, you can get in trouble. So I'm like, it's probably that kind of situation. But honestly, the way that she did pitch it all, she was very fucking annoying. Like, I feel like she was the type that even if she didn't have to say that shit, she would, like, it'd say it's optional. She would fucking say it anyway because she's just that fucking annoying. Um, And by the way, my dinner that just arrived was so disgusting. I don't mean to be, like, so negative because I'm actually not even in a bad mood. I actually... I mean, I'm, like, frustrated not having water and the temperature actually appears to be rising and I can't even put the aircon on, which is, like, insane. It's literally the middle of summer in Australia and I can't have aircon, like, aircon. Like, are you joking? But um, I'm actually in a fine mood, but that dinner was so bad. I ordered the seafood platter thing and I thought, oh, this will be nice because it said um, a selection of our finest seafood with a garden salad and hand cut chips. And I'm like, oh, that sounds delicious. I'm imagining these like crunchy, fresh, like golden potato chips. I'm imagining like a fresh, beautiful salad. I'm thinking of fresh seafood, like mussels and um, like grilled octopus and things like that. It arrives. First of all, the salad was just, um, what's it, coleslaw, which I don't eat. And it didn't even look like fancy coleslaw. It looked like coleslaw that you get from the supermarket for like three bucks and you just like dump it on the plate next to like a chop that you fried up. So that was inedible. The chips were soggy. All of the seafood, I'm literally, all of it was like, deep fried and like battered and crumbed and I don't like I eat grilled stuff like I don't eat like gross crumbed food and it's not that I'm like a healthy eater like I definitely eat a ton of shit I eat like a lot of like desserts and stuff but I'm not out here like getting deep fried like I'm down at the fucking county fair with like a fucking battered hot dog and a battered Mars bar um Every single thing was crumbed and deep fried. And of course I ate it still and it was disgusting and I feel sick. And they also gave me, guess what sauce they gave me as like a dipping sauce? Mayonnaise. Like, do you think I'm fucking Lizzo? Like it's like who the fuck is ordering? And this is actually a nice place to order because I've ordered their other food before. Who the fuck is ordering like deep fried fish and like deep fried crumbed prawns and like dipping it into mayonnaise. Like it's so disgusting. Obviously I threw the mayonnaise out and uh, 
Also, from eating that, like, monstrosity of a meal, it just reminded me how badly we need water because I was getting, like, greasy fingers and then, like, I when I went to throw it out, like, the fucking tub of mayonnaise fell over and some splattered on the bench and then I had to, like, wipe it up with tissue and whatever. It's just, I can't. Like, I can't deal. Um, all right, let's get into some, like, hot topics and stuff now that I've got that out of my system. Um, I'm sure that by now you've seen Britney's naked Instagram post. <laughs> right where she's like full like titties out vag out um she only has a few emojis covering you know her private areas i did talk about her on the patreon actually on the most recent episode and it's funny that i kept that for patreon because it is true that talking about Britney publicly, like, it is a little scary because that free Britney army, even though I was a free Britney supporter, like, her fans are whacked out. Like, they're definitely up there with, like, the Beverly Hills fans as, like, cuckoo town. So, it's a little bit like if you say one thing wrong, like, they get, like, really fired up and they've always been like that. Like, you guys know that I used to be a music blogger and the Britney fans have always been a special kind of psychotic. So, the, the Beyonce fans are... The Beyonce fans aren't crazy. They're just disgusting people. Like, they're just horrible, nasty people, the Beyonce fans. And the Britney fans is more of a, like, they're sort of psychotically, like, protective over her. And then if they, anyone that they think is, like, critical, like, they just lose it. So, it's a little scary to talk about Britney in an even vaguely critical manner. But, um, yes, she's out there on Instagram, um, full puss out titties out on display uh flower emojis covering it but the flower emojis weren't like enlarged so you could almost see it like you could almost see some stuff like peeking out the side of the flower and if you've been following her instagram for a while you have seen that her instagram posts are definitely getting wackier and wackier since she has been freed there was the one of her singing completely live and acapella which was um you know interesting and look i will say this and i'm not saying this to play it safe to like avoid the wrath of the britney stands but you do have to chalk down a certain amount of her behavior to just being an artist like to artistic eccentricity because she is an artist and artists do express themselves in different ways than the normies do so there's a certain percentage that you just have to go like we don't get it but she's an artist she's expressing herself she's creative she's doing her thing so don't judge her like you would judge like you know your fucking co-worker at work if they started going like naked and singing a cappella and putting a flower emoji over the kitty cat but Of course, it is a little concerning given her history. I'm not going to lie, but, I mean, fuck, what can you do? The conservatorship was wrong, okay? That conservatorship and the terms of it and everything, it was wrong. And, like, yes, maybe when they put her under it originally, that was okay, but... As soon as she was under it and they saved her life, because obviously she was spiraling and people were taking advantage of her, they should have had like a plan in place of like, all right, this is how we're going to like acclimate her back into society and we're going to teach her things. Like a lot of celebrities can't do the most basic things. Like a lot of them like wouldn't know how to buy their own groceries, literally. Like they wouldn't know how to control their own, like they can't do anything because they're so used to just having everyone do it for them. So they could have started teaching her like life skills and like getting her back out there. But instead what they did was like medicate her and just like 
pimp her out as a show pony and a cash machine. So, you know, a medicated workhorse. So she'd be making all this money for everyone, even against her will. She expressed that she didn't want to do stuff. She didn't have any creative control. And it was just like, get her out on tour and then we're going to take the money and we're going to keep her empire going. So that was fucked up. So yes, she should have been out of the conservatorship. Um, And I am glad that she does have her boyfriend, that Sam Ashgari guy, and he does seem like a nice guy. Um, And, you know, you do see looking at her Instagram page, you're like, imagine if she didn't have her boyfriend, how easy it would be to probably take advantage of her if the wrong person could get into her life. Like, you can see how that would happen. And people have said, um, does he have ulterior motives? That's obviously been a question for a very long time, and I think people are – asking re-asking that question again now that they're seeing her act a little cuckoo on social media and they're thinking why would this guy you know be in like he's like a 27 year old personal trainer slash aspiring actor he looks like the classic type of dude that would just like be a toy boy for someone or would you know use someone they just like want to be famous and everything and it's like maybe that's true like maybe he is that but as long as he's not trying to actively harm Britney, I think it's fine. Like, as long as he's treating her well and doesn't have ill intentions for her, if he's using that spotlight to further his own career and stuff or he does have an ulterior motive, like, it's fine. Like, as long as she's cool, it, that's it's all good. Um, and as weird as her Instagram is right now, I don't think that it's anything to be, like, overly freaked out about yet. Like, people have been messaging me going, "She's we've got to lock her back up. Like, put the conservatorship ship back. I don't think so. Uh, she's certainly not the first person to act crazy on social media. I mean, no one's trying to fucking put Azealia Banks and Biling under a conservatorship. It happens, especially with artists, especially with celebrities. Celebrities have all kinds of issues. You know, celebrities have, like, drug issues and weird insecurities from being in LA and stuff. So, you know, it's fine. Um, I would only be concerned about her if her relationship ends. If her she breaks up with Sam Ashgari, that's when I'll be like, uh-oh, like, things could go to the left. But for now, I do just think it's kind of like wild Instagram posts. Also, speaking of her naked photo, she should do OnlyFans because, and I'm not saying that she has to, like, show it all. She doesn't even have to be nude, but that post, even with the emojis, was very OnlyFans-esque, and the amount of fucking people that would sign up to Britney's OnlyFans just to have more of an insight into her life. Like, people would pay for that just for anything. Like, it wouldn't have to be sexual content. Like, people would pay for it to, like, maybe get, like, in the hopes that she would DM them back on there or to look at her, you know, she puts, like, weird weird poems or to even, like, watch her dance videos and stuff. Like, a lot of people would literally pay for that. That would be a very big income for her. And she could post her, like, sexier photos on there because she does seem to like being naked and, like, taking off her clothes a lot. So, I think she should do OnlyFans. Um... And especially because she's not touring and making music and stuff anymore. And she probably, even though she's like really like down home country girl and she's not fancy, I'm sure she has expensive taste in a lot of areas in her life just because she's been so used to having money for so long now. And also now it's like unconstrained. She's probably just freely spending. So I think that uh, Britney should get on OnlyFans.
Uh, moving on, I watched The Bachelor premiere with Clayton, even though I previously vowed to boycott it. And I know a lot of you guys don't like The Bachelor, although I have got a lot of messages from people saying, all right, I'm going to watch The Bachelor now because you said so and you were recapping it on your Instagram. And it was honestly amazing. Like, I hate them. They sucked me back in every time. I was like, I'm not watching this. I can't believe they made Clayton The Bachelor. This is going to be so boring and I just need to stop doubting the producers because they know what the fuck they're doing and Clayton is actually a really good Bachelor. I was already brainwashed into liking him within like five, the first five minutes of the episode. He went to visit his mum and she had one of those like tacky walls that are just like covered in crucifixes. No offense if you guys have that too. Some of you probably do, but it does look tacky. Like I know it's religious, but those like target crucifixes and they're all arranged in like a centerpiece in the home on the wall. Like it's, it's bad. It's not a good look. It's like a live, laugh, love, not a good look, but you know, if that's what you need to do for your like Jesus time and your Jesus vibes, totally get it. But in terms of decor, it's ugly. And I just loved it. And I love Clayton. And um, from the season trailer, it's like balls to the wall drama by, by like Bachelor standards. Uh, it was pretty fucking crazy. And they even gave away the ending in the trailer, which makes me think that there is another twist coming. Because I don't think they would give away the whole, like there's got to be something else coming. But basically they give away the final three. And when it gets right to the end, he tells all three of them that uh, he goes, I've had, no, he says, I'm in love with all three of you. And I've been intimate with two of you. And then the women all are like breaking down. They're like on the ground crying and bawling. It looks so fucking good. And the funny thing about it is that, like, on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like, they usually do bang all of the finalists in the fantasy suites. Like, you make it to the final, whoever's the lead, The Bachelor The Bachelorette, they fuck everybody, and then they're like, okay, this is, you know, this one had the best dick, like, I'm gonna, like, you know, marry them. That's kind of how it works. And they often do have strong feelings for multiple people, but then, you know, obviously you've got to choose someone at the end. Um, They just don't verbalise all of this, but I feel like the producers took Clayton aside and it's, look, they've manipulated him, but what they're thinking, the producers in the control room, they're like, it's a new season of The Bachelor. We need to pull out some new crazy stunt that's never been done before that makes it the most dramatic season yet because that's what they do every single year. Every year they have some new thing that I've never seen before. I do not know how they continuously come up with it. And this time they're like, we've got to get Clayton at the final three to tell them that he had sex with them and that he's in love with all three of them. And it's just, it's so good. Like, I can't wait to see that unfold. They also had this woman on the premiere that came on and she was engaged to be married, right? But then her wedding was called off. So then she went on The Bachelor And the weekend that they were filming, like, the first cocktail party, the first episode coincided with when she was meant to walk down the aisle to, like, her real fiancé in real life. And then as soon as the episode starts, right, they're doing the intro packages for the woman, um, they haven't even filmed the intros where the women come out of the limo and they meet Clayton. They're just, like, backstory packages that they're playing. Um they let this woman, like, they show her crying to the producers about how conflicted she feels and she's talking about her her wedding thing and then she goes to Clayton's room, which normally would never be allowed, but obviously the producers followed her in there because they knew it was going to make for a big bang of a premiere and she goes in there and she says, I was meant to get married this weekend, I don't know if I could commit and then he's like, well, I really like you 
and he gives her a rose. I have a feeling he falls for people very easily, and I think that is why he falls in love with all three at the end, and I think that's why they chose him for The Bachelor, even though he was a flop on Michelle's season because he knew that he was going to like bring this energy. So he tries to get her to stay. She leaves, and whatever. She's obviously going to pop back up on Paradise or something. But I saw on Instagram that she's back with the guy that she was engaged to. So I'm just thinking like, okay, this bitch, like what was her scheme? Was she applying for The Bachelor while she was engaged with him, this guy, the whole time, but she was secretly applying for The Bachelor? And then because they called her up for The Bachelor, she thought, you know what? My wedding's not worth it. I want to go on The Bachelor and get like a million Instagram followers and be a reality star. And then she comes on The Bachelor and then they start filming and then she's like, you know what? Um, maybe this wasn't the best decision. Maybe I like should actually just go back to my real fucking life and get married to this like hot guy because he's really hot, her real fiance. Maybe I should just go back to that because I had a guy that actually loved me and wanted to fucking marry me and I just threw it away to come on The Bachelor. So then she gets second thoughts and goes back to that and goes back to real life. I don't know, but I want to know the details behind that situation. Also, uh, my girl Hilary Duff is going to star on an upcoming episode, so that is exciting. You guys might remember when Billy Eichner came on during Colton season, and he literally asked Colton if he was gay. He's like, yo, are you sure you're not gay? And it was so awkward because clearly Colton was gay. Um, And who would have thought that, like, just a few years after that scene, after getting grilled by Billy Eichner, that Clayton would be on Netflix with... Gus Kenworthy talking about writing dildos and taking prep. Anyway, I highly recommend you watch The Bachelor. Um, it's going to be a messy season. It won't be too slow. I had messages from a few people going, oh, it's too straight. I can't watch straight people. Um, I'm sure you you see straight people every day in life. Like, you can watch straight people. Um, and yes, it is better than many housewife shows, as I constantly say, although it isn't better than Miami because Miami, Housewives of Miami is that show. My God, it is on fire. The most recent episode, they, I can't even explain it. They had this, this woman, Alexia, she's got this new guy that she's engaged to. I think his name's Todd. And she has two sons. One of the sons is disabled because he had some kind of accident. So now he is um, intellectually disabled. And she has this other son who was this like total like dropkick burnout loser. And then the loser son is fighting with her fiance. And then they had this huge family fight that almost came to blows where they were arguing about how best to take care of the disabled son because the burnout son had given the disabled son weed. And then the disabled son like passed out and almost died. And it's just, it's beyond. And I've had a lot of you message me and go, okay, fine. I've signed up to like, Hey, you or Peacock, you know, whichever country you're in to watch it. Everyone that's watched it has said that it's, like, the best housewives at the moment. And the good thing about it, because even though it's technically season four, it's really kind of like season one because it's a reboot after not having been on air for, like, eight years. So, you can just watch it from the start, even if you're not a housewives watcher. Like, if you are very selective about the housewives shows you watch and you only watch, like, one or two uh, I totally recommend adding Miami to your um, your viewing roster. And I actually think that it's juicy enough that you may be able to get, maybe you could get your boyfriend or your fucking husband or whatever to watch it too, because it is like a juicy telly novella. I mean, I just love it. 
Oh, speaking of dating shows, um, sorry, from The Bachelor Point, uh, I'm not watching Too Hot to Handle's new season on Netflix. It's back for season three. Didn't even like season one. I just think it's a stupid show. I think it's unfunny. I think the premise is ridiculous. Not watching it, so don't ask. Um, Okay, away from reality TV, sort of, uh, there are some new female celebrity documentaries coming out soon uh, on some of my favorite people, actually. There's a Janet Jackson one on Lifetime, and Janet Jackson is, like, my all-time number one pop diva. That comes out at the end of the month. And then there's an Anna Nicole Smith one in development for Netflix, of all places. I love Anna Nicole, but I feel like Netflix is, like, really lowering the bar like i was surprised that they put coming out colton on now they're doing their fucking anna nicole story like this is some like lifetime tv we tv shit but uh anyway i'm excited for that because anna nicole is like literally a fucking icon i was actually just in a bit of an anna nicole youtube hole the other day but um you know the thing with these documentaries is that i already know what they're going to be and they're part of this trend that we have now in like fucking culture where we just dig up scandalous female celebrities from the past and just turn them into you know like victims of you know the patriarchy the patriarchal society and um it just like the whole thing will just be well not the whole thing but a lot of it will be like a fucking american idol audition sob story like it worked with britney because they did do it with britney really it was like well, let's look back at how britney was treated wasn't this horrible we all objectified her and then they blocked her under this horrible conservatorship like it worked with her because she really kind of was a victim of all of this stuff um and, you know, she was a victim of the, like, the manufactured pop industry and, like, the tabloid culture of the mid-2000s and everything. And it totally worked. And then they just started doing this with anyone. They did a Britney Murphy one uh, recently, which was, like, iffy. And I love Britney Murphy. I think they did an Alanis Morissette one. They just threw them on everyone. And it's like the uh, the Taylor Swiftification of celebrity where smart and savvy women are just reduced to damsels in distress now as, you know, we look back and it kind of erases the stuff that they achieved and maybe how smart and savvy that they really were and, uh, you know, what incredible careers they've had and it sort of reframes things to like, oh, look at this person, they're a victim. And the Janet one is going to be the worst because – the whole Justin Timberlake portion is going to completely overshadow her entire career. So I looked at the trailer for it and it looks like they're really, they are doing justice to like what an icon and a trendsetter she is, but no one's going to take that away. They're going to watch it. And then the whole news cycle is going to be consumed with the Justin Timberlake portion. Um, And I really feel for JT. You guys know that I'm a JT stan, ride or die. And, you know, what woke culture did to JT is so despicable. They really just turned him into the face of straight white male privilege and he just gets blamed for, like, everything now. Like, it's like the meme where, you you know, you're riding the bike and you fall over and then you you blame it on, like, something that's completely unrelated. They do that with Justin Timberlake now. I remember when his, like, Man of the Woods album dropped and no one even reviewed the music. It was They really just reviewed him being a straight white male and the music critics were, like, so triggered because he was wearing a fucking flannelette shirt on the cover. He's dog-whistling to Trump's America. I mean, the reviews were hysterical. Meanwhile, like, a couple years later, Taylor Swift did the exact same concept for her folklore album and that was universally praised uh, because she was on her whole... 
Um, I'm an empowered woman. I'm a real artist. Like, fuck you, Scooter Braun. Uh, she's amazing with how she's able to turn these narratives around constantly. Don't even get me started on her. But, um, yeah, they really blame JT for just fucking everything bad that's ever happened to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson in particular, which is just wrong. Like, it's just factually wrong. I mean, with the Britney thing, first of all, they dated when they were, like, 20 That was about 20 years ago. They dated for a couple of years, two decades ago. He didn't destroy her life. If you remember, she cheated on him. Sorry to break it to you guys. She cheated on him. And yes, he made a song about it, Cry Me a River. But like, she cheated on him. He's an artist. He can make a song about it. People say that he exploited it, right? Um, Okay, well, yeah, maybe he exploited her cheating. Maybe he... Uh, did use Britney for some clout, but one, he was already, he'd sold like fucking 50 million albums or something with NSYNC already. He was already a huge name. But as for the Crimea River situation, they were at the same fucking record label. Like, it was probably just a whole publicity stunt to promote both of them because... Because after he did Cry Me A River, she came out with that ballad every time. And in the music video, she commits suicide in the bathtub at the end. Talk about emotional manipulation. Like someone threatening to kill themselves over a bad breakup. That would be considered emotional abuse. I'm not saying that Britney is emotionally abusive or that she really did anything that wrong. I mean, she cheated on him, but it's also like they're fucking like 20-year-old celebrities. Like big, of course they cheated. He probably cheated on her too. Um, And then they both milked it for a song on their album and they're at the same label and it's fine. Like... I'm sure they're they're both fucking over it. And it's just like the culture and the fans that rehash it constantly as if Justin is responsible for the way that Britney's life turned out. And then the same thing with Janet Jackson. I mean, I've given you my JT Janet take before if you're a longtime listener, but if I just, I'll just give you the cliff notes of it again, if you don't remember. Um, It was her Super Bowl show. He was the guest there. She was the bigger artist at the time. She was older. She was more successful. She was the veteran legend. He was, like, just on his first solo album trying to establish that. It was her staged publicity stunt. I mean, she's the one that wanted to fucking flash her titty to everybody to sell some records. And, of course, that was staged because it doesn't make sense how she explains it. Like, if you've watched the video, again, I'm, like, the number one Janet fan. Like, I'm obsessed with Janet. Like... I know everything about fucking Janet Jackson. She, You pull that thing off to show her titty and it has like a fancy nipple shield on and decorative and she probably thought that the nipple shield was enough to like cover it so it wasn't like a bare breast. Like that's probably what she thought and clearly it wasn't. And the story that she gives about, oh, I was meant to pull it off and you were meant to see like a bra underneath. How the fuck does a piece of a bra just like come off with it and you're wearing a metal nipple? It does not make sense. Like that was your publicity stunt and it was your halftime show. Justin was just a guest. So you fucking signed off on that and decided to do it. And then afterwards, Justin Timberlake did not go after her. I mean, he made like one comment. He said it was a wardrobe malfunction, so he made it sound like an accident. And then Les Moonves, who was the CEO of CBS at the time before he got Me Too'd, he had Janet blacklisted from radio. He tried to ruin her career because then the FCC went after him and CBS for them airing the Super Bowl halftime show because of Janet. So Janet caused a lot of drama for CBS and like, 
Les Moonves went after her for it. And was it was it an overreaction? Of course, it was like half a titty. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, why would you find someone over that? People going, oh, my God, my children saw a breast. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, of course, it was an overreaction. It was bullshit. Of course, she didn't deserve to have her music, like, blacklisted and people try to derail her career. And, yeah, maybe Justin could have spoken up more at the time, but also, like, the damage was done. Why the fuck would he just go, all right, yeah, I'm just going to ruin my career too to, like, speak up for Janet's halftime show because she decided to flash her titty. Like, yeah, I'm sure he co-signed it and signed off on it as well because, I mean, he was involved in it. He, like, pulled it off, but it was her show at the end of the day. He was on his first album. Why the fuck would he... At like as his career is kicking off, that amazing first album with like Crimea River, Rock Your Body, Senorita, Like I Love You, hits for days that album. I still listen to it. Love it. Um, why is he gonna get himself banned from radio to go and defend the Super Bowl thing? Like, yeah, that would have made a real big let's ruin two careers instead of one. So I just can't. And the articles are already coming out about this just from the teaser. And you know what? If you're a Justin Timberlake fan out there, it's time for us to speak up and, you know, hit back against some of this Justin Timberlake derangement syndrome. Because, look, I'm a super fan of Britney, Janet and Justin, and I think they all have their own individual journeys and mistakes they've made and... Justin Timberlake is not the root of all evil, so just move the fuck on, please. I mean, it's been it's been decades since the Super Bowl, and he broke up with Britney. Like, you have to get over it. And if you're still obsessing over it, you're actually not well. Like, that's a mental disorder. So, fucking get a doctor, please. All right, there's just uh, one last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up. There is an article in the New York Post about The View producers struggling to find a new conservative co-host to replace Meghan McCain. One, shout out to the New York Post, because I think that the New York Post and Page Six is maybe the best, like, online tabloid of all time, best tabloid newspaper of all time. I mean, they just get... They get such juicy articles that I love these like big in-depth like investigative pieces that they do and they just have like the best gossip and the best human interest stories and I love their um their political stuff, even though I don't always agree with it. They they always have this like trashy, campy quality to everything they do. I just adore the New York Post. Uh and this article about the view, well look, this pretty much just sums up everything I've been saying about the view in regards to their conservative hosts on the show, which is that they don't want anyone that can challenge them. Uh they don't want anyone that's like too conservative. I mean, as we saw from Meghan McCain, like they literally hired the one Republican that hated Trump for the entire Trump year. So you didn't have one person to reflect half of the country. Like, you didn't have one person to stick up for the president. I mean, you already had, like, four people on the other side. You couldn't have one person. Um, So, that was a joke. And they don't want anyone too smart. They're complete bullies. So, whoever is in that chair just gets bullied and ridiculed. And it's kind of their job to do that. I mean, I've given you that take before. And I've talked about this before. And I actually... I talk about The View quite a bit now I look at it, and it's funny because I don't watch The View. I think it's one of the worst TV shows in history. I think it's the cancer of American, like, news television, if you can even call it news. I mean, it's just... It's just a hideous, like, monstrosity. Um, 
it's evil, both sides of it, the conservatives on it, the liberals on it. Like, they're all disgusting. The world would be a better place without the view. But with that said, I do kind of find, like, the drama behind the scenes interesting. And I do like to see who they cast, especially now in this, like, more political era. So, I'll read you some stuff from this article. They spoke to Candace Owens, of course. Um, the New York Post probably has Candace on speed dial. This is what she said, which is kind of what I always say. Um, She says, The View hasn't had a conservative host in a long time. It was kind of a joke to hire Meghan McCain in the Trump era. She was not reflecting the views of conservatives in the country, and she was lambasting us. They have a fear of having a true conservative on the network. These ladies aren't exactly the most intellectual ladies. I don't think they work in truth. All facts, although that kind of applies to Candace Owens as well. Um, She's not the most intellectual and she doesn't work in truth. She works in money. Uh, Have you saw, if you've seen her on Joe Rogan, the famous Joe Rogan appearance where he made her look like an idiot. He did that to Dave Rubin too, actually, in a quite a short space of time. They both went on his show separately and they're used to going on to, you know, the Daily Wire or Stephen Crowder or whatever, where they don't really get challenged. And then Joe pushed back on some of their shit and they looked like fools. But with that said, uh, everything Candace is saying about the view there is completely accurate. And um, isn't it funny that they even went out of their way to hire Megan McCain, who wasn't even a Trump supporter, yet they still bullied her and made her look like a fucking idiot. Like, yes, she's extremely annoying, but the way they treated her was horrible. You already, you guys already know how I feel about Megan McCain on there. Not a fan of her, but I, I've just felt bad watching her go out there and have tomatoes pegged at her face every day for the, like, cackling liberals in the audience. Um, okay, I'm going to read you some more from this. So, it says how they've tried out a bunch of different people. Cameron Eubanks, that's so funny, Southern Charms, Cameron. I can't imagine her as the conservative pundit on The View unless they wanted someone that was, like, a little more tame. But it doesn't work because you need, like, a big character for that seat. So, actually, Cameron wouldn't even fit. Um, They had Condoleezza Rice, obviously, (laughs) rehabbing the the Bush-era war criminals. Carly Fiorina, Ebony K. Williams, of course, Ebony, who took over the conversation on there. I actually think I take back saying that Ebony was good for that show. I know I'm like, put Ebony on there. And now I think I'm like, she really did just like, she's just so, I can't, I don't want to, actually, I don't want anything to do with Ebony Williams moving on. Um, who else did they have on there? Yeah, they had a few people and they also, they tried to get this Fox News person to come in, um, Lisa Marie Booth. Apparently, she was the number one in line to replace Meghan McCain, but she's anti-vax and she's against vaccine mandates and they have vaccine mandates uh, in the View studio, so she's out, like, she can't do it. Isn't it funny? People go, it's not mandate, and you're like, well, I'll lose my job. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't participate in society. Those aren't rights. Those are privileges. Fuck off. Anyway, they can't have her on there. They're also talking about Barry Weiss. Now, there's no way Barry Weiss is going to fill the conservative position on The View, because she doesn't have the personality for it. She's just, she's not bombastic enough. You really need just a big ridiculous person and Barry Weiss politically would fit that spot because she's um she's mostly against political correctness but she's also like anti-Trump and like a Zionist and everything so she fits exactly what they would want for their conservative person but I just don't think that she has the personality for it 
They also mention Anne Coulter in this article. Okay, so Anne spoke to the New York Post. She said, yes, of course I would take the job, but they will never pick me. It seems that they don't mean what they say. You might be exposing a double secret requirement. Must be dumb, easy to push around Republican. That is true. They would never have Anne Coulter. Not that I'm a big Anne Coulter fan, but... uh, She's better at arguing than Meghan McCain and some of the others, and I don't think that, you know, Whoopi and Joy and the old biddies on there like to be challenged at all. That's also why they won't have Candace Owens, because Candace Owens, again, I don't think she's the smartest cookie, but she's good at arguing. Like, that's her bread and butter. Like, she goes out and argues for a living, and she's a black, young, attractive woman, which is just going to be too much for, like, joy and everything to handle, Um, because she already sort of has some minority points over them, and so it's not as easy to frame her as kind of the the white racist as they do with conservatives quite often, and I think she would just run circles around most of them. Maybe not Sunny, because... I'm not a Sunny fan, but Sunny, uh, I think Sunny knows her stuff a little more and legally and, and, and everything, but I think that Candace Owens would completely obliterate Joy and Whoopi on a daily basis, and there's no way that they could handle that. So, it'll never be Candace Owens or Ann Coulter. They also said, look, this is a quote from from some producer or some source that spoke to New York, the New York Post, right? It's an incredibly hard seat to fill because you need a Republican who isn't so extreme that it consumes every conversation. She also has to play to daytime audiences. Most of the candidates they've tried out this season have been too wonky. The view isn't hardball. Basically, what they want is a unicorn. Like, you can't find this person because it's like, can't be too wonky, So, they can't be too wonky and serious, but then they also, they can't be too big and over the top like a Candace Owens. So, it's like, what do you fucking want? Like, they're never going to replace Meghan McCain. I mean, look how long it took them between Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Meghan McCain. And also, any conservative that signs up for it, despite it being, like, a huge, incredible career opportunity, they are going on there to be humiliated and bullied and treated like shit every day, and they're set up to fail. Because, say, to use Candace Owens for an example, if she was going on there and, like, winning those arguments against them, maybe some of the audience would actually start to like her, and they can't have that, because it's, like, the the set characters and the way the view has to work is like Whoopi, Joy, Sunny, etc. are the good guys, conservative, the bad guy. Like that has to be the formula for the show and they're never going to deviate from that. So I don't I just don't know how they're going to find anyone to fill that. I mean they're looking at Alyssa Farah, maybe, who she was on um The Hills Rising. She's actually pretty good. Again, she might be too smart for them. I mean Megan McCain was dumb as a rock as well. That's why she worked. So, look, I don't know who the fuck they're going to find. There's also other stuff in this article about uh, what divas the women are and how the producers are setting them up to fight. And they brought one of the former co-hosts, Debbie Matinopoulos, back on. And then apparently that was part of some 
manipulation manipulative like mind game that production were playing because they wanted to scare Sarah Haynes because Sarah Haynes contract was coming up and I think maybe they didn't want her to ask for for more money or something so then they made her think that she was easily replaceable so you know they're just it's just such a toxic gross place so good luck on trying to find a new co-host on the view because I just don't know who it's going to be like the the criteria that they have for this role is like next to impossible. And uh, I wonder if the viewers are going to start to appreciate Megan McCain a bit more now, or are people enjoying it without her on? I mean, maybe they do just want to be on their, in their bubble and they just want to hear joy, tell them every day what they want to hear unchallenged. I don't know. Fuck the view. Okay, that's it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Make sure you're following me on social media at UnpopularJP on Twitter and Instagram. You can also support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash unpopularjp. The link is in the show notes. I have bonus content on there and, you know, extra episodes and everything. So if you're interested in that, sign up to Patreon and, oh, please leave me a five-star review if you can. A lot of you left me reviews over the holidays and it was fucking amazing because I hadn't actually got new reviews for a while and then I suddenly got a flood of them. Like, there were tons. I was like, oh, my God, where is this coming from? I loved it. It was amazing. I only had I only had one negative review that was like, your comments about Garcelle are racist. Like, they're still going on about that, guys. It's been months and people are still triggered that I didn't like Garcelle and I thought she was shady. But for the rest of you, you left me amazing reviews and I was very, very happy. It like made my day because I was kind of feeling a bit down about things. And then I just was like, ping, ping, ping. I kept getting emails, a new review, a new review. So it was amazing. Uh, Thanks guys. And I'll see you next week. Bye.